0: before we get into this episode we want to say thanks to the north face for sponsoring the 2020 fkt of the year awards for north america if you have been paying attention to what the north face runners like caitlin gerbin and Al capel were wearing during their fkt attempts this year you'll know something special is coming from the north face effective arrives january 26 2021 now let's hear from the north face's own hillary allen guest presenting this week with our host buzz burrell
1: Thank you. Thank you again for joining the Fastest Known Podcast with our special end of the year feature, the Fastest Known Time of the Year Awards. And we're going to do the opposite of what all the other media channels seem to be doing, which is telling you about what a terrible, horrible year 2020 was. Gosh, instead, we're going to hear stories that I think are just amazing and are just terrific. This is the windup for our North American Fastest Known Time of the Year Award, and I'm joined again with my co-host, Hillary Allen. Thanks for being here, Hillary.
2: Hey, yeah, couldn't be more excited. Happy to share the joy and the love of what 2020 brought from the FKT world.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's been amazing. And this first person we're talking to, I think, got more press, more attention for what she did than almost anybody that I'm aware of. And so the voters came up with the number two female FKT of the year. And who do we have on the line now, Hillary?
2: Yeah, and it's well-deserved. So I'm super excited to to chat with this person. Today we have Sabrina Stanley. And she won number two FKT of the year for her effort on Nolan's 14. So thanks, Sabrina, and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to kind of dive into this. I mean, this uh, Nolan's got so much action. I think this summer it was amazing to see, um, just you know, just strong women, strong men, just kind of going after this record. Um, So, yeah, can you tell me kind of your motivation? And I guess there's definitely some backstory about how you actually got this FKT. So, can you kind of walk us walk us through that story? Yeah,
3: I'm honestly not entirely sure the the story you're speaking of, but um, or are you talking about the second one? Okay, I'm with you. Yeah, it. basically, <laughs> <laughs> you got the FDT and you yeah. have to reclaim it. <laughs> um, so it became my goal. Um, obviously, 2020 race season was shot, and so I wanted to do something um that I wouldn't have to fly to because I didn't know if that was going to be an option. You know, in, in early summer, or late spring, and so, uh Colorado or you know something drivable was was the goal then i want to do something as gnarly as possible and um no one's obviously fit the bill for that and 100 miles was kind of my like wheelhouse and so um yeah I, I, that's how no became the goal i started training for it went for my first attempt uh august 8th i believe i started and finished on the 10th and it was 53:15, and then or, i'm sorry 51:15, and then uh went for it again in october and that second attempt um so megan hicks went out in September and took my FKT so I went back out um, just to reclaim it and so that's how the second attempt came about.
2: Which is so impressive. I mean uh, like I mean I know how much like it's different than a race right like you do the race and like that's kind of that's kind of the day everyone's out there and it's like you either win or you don't you have the performance or you don't but that's the beauty of the FKT is that anyone can kind of go at it like at any time and so Man, like, what did you feel? Like, it's got to be awesome. I mean, like, you know, Megan Hicks is great. She had the record, I think, before you took it the first time, and so it's kind of this back and forth. Um, what like were you? Were you like? Did it motivate? Obviously, it motivated you to go back, but like, were you pissed?
3: (laughs) Oh, I love that question. Because although I mean, I love Megan. I think she's an incredible athlete, but everybody like. Although I'm happy for her, like she took my record. <laughs> like uh yeah, so I think kiss is like I don't know if kiss is right, but um upset at myself for not setting a faster time. Um for setting a time that could be broke within within a month time frame, I was like, cute, like I could have done better. Um and so yeah, I went I knew always like from the get go when I decided to do one that if my record got broke and there was time for me to go back out there, I was gonna go back out there. Um and so when it was broke like you know you're, you're confronted with that like can you really go back out there and do it can your body handle it you know is the snow going to be too much or what's the weather patterns and so i i started like looking at temperatures and how doable it was in the full moon and and everything and decided to go back out there and just give it one more shot um just i didn't want to think like well maybe i could have all winter and so i just decided to go for it and see what would happen um so i'm glad i'm super glad that she he did break my FKT because I would not have gone back out there in such a time I did if she hadn't. And so um, I would say she's like the main reason that I was able to go sub 50, which I think for a female is like if any other name had done that, my mind would be completely blown. Like 50, sub 50, I think on Nolan's is is like the
1: bar.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, the, I think one reason that I noticed this, Sabrina, is that you are quite honest And that I think some of the, particularly when we moved to endurance athletes, were like, oh, I'm going to go out there and just do my best and see how it goes. And that's that's not really what you say. So I I think I appreciate, personally, I appreciate the honesty and that you don't believe, as you wrote, in DNFing while racing or tackling an FKT, nor do you believe in second place. And you're kind of upfront and honest about that. And then you go out there and throw down.
3: Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, you know, you can call it cocky, I guess, or, or whatever, but I think it, I know my capabilities, and I speak them openly. And so if you like, want to say that, that's cocky, or like, out of line, or like, not you, but like people, that's fine. But I, I know what I'm capable of, and I set those standards for myself. And so if I, I mean, I'm not talking shit and not backing it up. Like, <laughs> I could do. like, I would never say like, I could go out and do like this 18 mile I don't know, race and crush it. Like, I know my capabilities, and I know my capabilities in the mountains, and I'm going to express those verbally. Um, so, yeah, I I do believe I can throw down and, and beat most women on any mountainous course. And so I'm going to, like, say when I go into races or FATs, that this is what I'm capable of, and this is what I'm going to accomplish, and I, I have so far. Um, I yeah, love that. I, Yeah.
2: It's awesome because it's like, yeah, it's no, I mean, yeah, we're competitive. And like you said, it's like, you're glad that Megan, you know, like rebroke your FKT so that you had the chance to be like, okay, like maybe my time was a bit soft. So then you kind of have to like face it. Not that it was, but still, like obviously you could have done better. So, I mean, I completely respect that. So can you tell me though, like about the differences from the first attempt to the second, because you did the second in October. So that's gotta be, I mean, not only is there less light, um, but were the conditions different? I mean,
3: like early snow, colder. Um... Yeah, I'd say a week and a half before I went out there for the second attempt, um, we had a pretty decent snowstorm roll through. So there's still snow patches up high, but there had been like two weeks or a week and a half of, of nothing. So the snow had either melted out or it was like pretty crusty and and wasn't um, dangerous. Um, and there, there are certain aspects that definitely had more snow than others. Um, it was a lot colder. <laughs> the pictures from my second attempt to my first attempt, I mean, you, I'm in a puffy 90% of the time on my second attempt. Um, or my first attempt, I was, you know, in a tank top most of the time in short. Uh, yeah. And then, um, you know, I learned so much from the first attempt as well. Um, not in terms of like course, but just nutrition on 14ers is very different, I think, than, embracing nutrition um, mm-hmm. and i never ran before my first attempt. i never ran past 31 hours so sleep deprivation at you know 45 plus hours was something new to me and i learned a lot on that first attempt going and that i could take into my second attempt um in terms of how to stay awake or different start times and so um yeah i i learned so much from my first attempt but yeah the difference is in terms of like the terrain and weather uh, were pretty vast as well. I don't yeah. know like, about those temperatures or anything, but the second attempt is definitely colder and there wasn't smoke. So that was, that oh. was a bonus too.
1: That's interesting, isn't it? For those who weren't aware, the West had a terrible fire season. That was terrible in 2020. I'll, I'll go along with that. Yeah. That's interesting. So I agreed with Hillary's question. It's like October on 14 ers ouch you know you that, that's not a tank top conditions but <laughs> like you said the smoke had cleared from the air so that was favorable
3: yeah i didn't realize it was even there the first time until like peak 13 and 14. um but my lungs were just burning um and it like my lungs even like my heart in a weird way like felt super painful on on peak 13 and 14. and i just thought that was i was on my 13 and 14 14-er but um, looking back, it that didn't occur the second time, and I think it was it was huge you know.
1: Right? Did
2: it, did it change much of the like the route itself? Because um, it can look different. I mean, I know you know it, but like, did it did it feel different if there was like you know snow fields or I mean, I guess that there that the snow was higher, but did that like make a difference? Did you feel like the first attempt made you more comfortable with the like knowing the lines and being more confident?
3: um i would say if anything it exposed my weaknesses my first attempt like <laughs> i thought i'd go out there and i'd do the the route you know with, without having to look at any like gtx files or like i could just go out there and mentally do it and then nighttime hit and i was like i don't i feel like i've never ran this section before even though i had and so hmm. i realized um how much things change in the night and i mean i've ran tons of races through the night but i think you know obviously without markers and being able to choose your own route, it it changes things and it just doesn't look the same. And so I changed my start time for the second attempt so that certain sections would be in daylight. Um, and that that I think is a huge help. And so, and even then there are still sections where like you're just out of it and you second guess yourself or it just doesn't look right even though you've been out there, you know, a half dozen times. So um, yeah, the course, I, I don't know if I'm answering your, your question accurately, but yeah, of course. Um, I don't know. My route stayed the same, to be honest, but my comfortability, is that the word, uh, changed as as the second attempt progressed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, here's what some of the voters said. Uh, Nolan's has become a world class challenge. She knocked it out of the park. Just completing Nolan's twice in one summer is nuts. (laughs) I agree with that. Another voter wrote, Sabrina going back for a second Nolan's 14 FKT in such a fast time is just mind-blowing. So that's what two of the voters wrote. And then I had a question here, Sabrina. I think this is a good question. We're looking at your time here. Two days, zero hours, and 49 minutes. So you know what question I'm gonna ask. Is there a sub two day in your future?
3: Yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, but I'm not gonna go out there to break my own record. So we'll wait and see uh what happens. But yeah, if my record gets broken, I would like to go out there. Um but there's there's definitely I think like a two week window where I would attempt it and there's no other time frame that I would do it again. I think I've pretty max out my physical capabilities. I mean, obviously, I'd like to do it on fresher legs. But um, I think I've, I've dialed in that aspect of it. So now it's like, how much can I affect the daylight hours and the rain, um, snow conditions to my advantage and go for that like specific two-week window?
1: Gotcha. Well, what you wrote, now I'm quoting you here, uh, which is you have the best quotes, I think. Uh, I never said I wanted to do Nolan's purely to do Nolan's. It's never about the route for me. I can explore and appreciate the route in training. I wanted the FKT. Uh, this is this is throwing down. I like this. And then uh, you just reaffirmed that just now by saying, you're not going to go back, go for it. If someone else goes faster, then you might go back. So I, uh, I like it.
2: Yeah, much respect. I like it. <laughs>
1: So no, that's interesting. that's interesting because you know i I'm not a numbers dot guy. I like uh, to learn and grow and to be outside and and kind of explore limits in that fashion. But when you get close to that number of two days, whoo there's uh I think there's gonna be a few ladies looking at two days and again, the context here is just remarkable because this route. Has a success rate of just 15 percent. Period. <laughs> Only 15 percent of people who start it finish it in the 60 hour cutoff, and yet just on the ladies, there is five female FKTs in the span of 87 days. So, uh, the ladies are getting after this one,
3: <laughs> yeah. It was, I mean, I was waiting for my date, obviously, so I'm watching all these other ladies go for it, and I at the start of the summer, I think the bar was, um, I don't know, like 59 36 or I don't know the exact minutes, but it was 59 something. And so like every, you know, a couple weeks, two hours, I feel like it's tipped off of it and then two more hours then two more hours. And so, yeah, when the summer started, I, I was like, oh, I know I can beat 59 something. And then I started thinking sub 50. Um, but then as other women go and the bar keeps getting lowered. And eventually I think when I officially went for it the first time it was set by Andrea and it was fifty three something, her and Andrew Hamilton went out and did it. And so now it's like, okay, you actually have to like go for it, go for it. Um like it's not gonna be just a you finish it you have the FKC. Like you have to <laughs> like it's a different mindset going in without a uh, big cushion.
1: <laughs> it's in the terminology, it is no longer a soft record at all.
3: <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, thanks for sharing a little bit of your stories with us, Sabrina. This is really, really good to hear from you. And I hope we hear from you in 2021.
3: Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Wow. That was truly amazing. And Hillary, one of the things I really like is the different variety of voices. I mean, Sabrina is like, she's got her story and, uh, I'm just delighted to hear from this variety of people.
2: Yeah, for the styles and like you know how they do it. From I remember talking with uh, David Ayala, how he was about you know the experience and the flow state and like really enjoying it. And Sabrina's like, no, no, I wanted the FKT. And uh, no, I just really appreciate her her determination right. too.
1: Yeah, right. And we should also note that everybody it was just remarkable. Everyone in the top ten. Received first place votes from the voters. Isn't that interesting? So that's that's how how the variety is is represented. Mm -hmm. And everybody, all thirty-seven people who were nominated, received some votes. Mm -hmm. So I like that. Everyone, you know, everyone's everybody's a winner.
2: Yeah, and it's it's yeah, it's like it's representative of the community as a whole. And just like it was really hard choice to narrow it down to the top five.
1: It was really hard, and the next person received a lot of number one votes from our voters. He's this—he's appearing for the third time on this podcast. And who do we got? Hillary.
2: We have Joe with the long trail. Yeah, so this is something I've been um, learning about uh, exactly what this is. I'm a I'm a Western girl, so I haven't really, you know, made it out to the to the gnarly East Coast in a while. But um, Joe, congratulations for number two FKT of the year.
0: Thank you guys. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Glad to be here.
2: <laughs> yeah. So um can you tell us about what why is why is the long trail cool and uh what is it? Where is it?
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I have to, I have to hold down for, for the East coast folks out there. Cause mm-hmm. there's a lot of cool stuff out East. Uh, the beast long coast? trail is, is the right? beast coast for <laughs> sure. Yeah. The uh, long trail is the first ever established, uh, long distance trail in the U S which is a cool fun fact. It's 273 miles, um, 65,000 feet of vert. So 240 feet per mile of elevation gain. It is a rocky, rooty, wet, nasty trail. Um, We, Buzz and I have have lamented on this multiple times on how um, the actual long trail itself is designed to go from peak to peak. So it just says screw it to everything in between and takes the most direct line possible. (laughs) So, um, you know, there are tons of rocks, steep climbs, steep drop-offs. A lot of it's very hard, technical, rugged uh, terrain. And it's also very narrow, windy, single track um, that's been around for a really long time. So Um, you know, the FKT on it is, you know, around four and supported is around four and a half. And the unsupported was, um, was around, um, I'm trying to remember what Jeff ran. I think it was like five. Yeah. It was just under six. He had just gotten under six. And so, um, that's what I was looking at covering, you know, 50, 55, maybe 60 miles a day on the long trail, um, going unsupported. We just
2: tweaked in like under five days. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I squeaked under five. Yeah. That really, I can't tell you how much, um, I'm sure you could probably go and listen to when I was on the podcast earlier, but I had a harrowing last, uh, last 36 hours where my headlamp died. And, um, I had to actually sleep about four hours, five hours out. From, well, actually I was two hours away from finishing, but it was too dark for me to continue. So I had to take a few hours of nap time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I ended up breaking the, uh, breaking the five-day barrier by about like eight minutes (laughs) it was pretty crazy
1: (laughs) well listeners can definitely go to the written show notes because we'll have a link to the previous podcast with uh, joe when he discussed his long trail a little more detail than we'll be able to do right now but going back to what you were just saying joe you were the fkt of the year number one in 2017 for your appalachian trail which you did self supported And uh, the long trail, here's what you wrote about it. It's a unique beast. It's endless rocks, roots, exposed peaks, and steep climbs make it unlike anything I've ever run, power hiked, frolicked through. Except for my 2015 attempt where I blew up. (laughs) (laughs) So having done the entire AT, the entire PCT, so the long trail, you're putting it into that uh, tough category then.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the overall elevation gain is significantly higher. The northern, hun- the, it's kind of hilarious because the bottom 100 miles of the 273 are on the Appalachian Trail. So I'd already hit that once. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, oh, man, like long trail can't be that bad. Like it's very runnable. You hit Stratton Mountain, you hit Killington. It's honestly not as bad as people make out to be. They call it Vermud on the AT, any through hiker. Because there's so much mud there, <laughs> so you're like, okay, I know I'm going to hit some mud and some elevation, but it's overall very runnable. Um, the northern 173 section that just is like the AT section, but on steroids. It's just, it's just hard, rudy, nasty, tough stuff. And I had actually done the first 90 miles of it, like Buzz was saying. I had tried it in 2015 after I'd done the Pacific Crest Trail in 2014, mm-hmm. so I went after it and. I did more miles on my first day, actually, than this attempt. But I totally blew up after day one. My knee swelled up like a watermelon. I ended up having to, getting off trail after about 90 miles in a day and a half. And then I uh, I literally had like the fever and chills and a swollen knee for about two weeks. And I went into work a few days later and actually passed out on the tee, Uh going into my second day of work ever at a new job. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, it beat me up. It chewed me out.
2: Oh, so does that like part of your, like, you know, motivation for going back? I mean, this, this is, I mean, nearly what's four years later. So, um, yeah. What was that the motivation to go back and just kind of crush it?
0: I mean, I see the long trail as like one of the premier, like multi-day, uh, like I think of them as like short FKTs out there. Like, Um, anything in that like two to 500 mile range is just like really exciting. I I, I know you're laughing, but it's a really excitable distance. Like it's something like the AT is this extreme where you're going and you're like, you're managing your health the entire time. Like you have to make it on day one, two and day 40 and day 41 and day 42. So you're not killing yourself on day 12 or day 20 or day 30 Mm -hmm. on the. On like the, you know, Nolan's attempt or on like a 150 mile trail, that's like a day plus effort where maybe you're taking one nap during it, but you're like, you're go, go, go from the start. Like it's a race. Whereas when you're in that 200 to 500 range, you start to get into this weird middle ground of you need to survive, but you also need to kill yourself (laughs) And and you'll meet somewhere in the middle and have a grand, uh, a grand collapse or, or triumphant moment um wow. usually both
1: well hillary and i are yucking it up here at the thought of a two to five hundred milers like a mid-distance run
2: yeah and this isn't the first time we've heard this it's just like you yeah, have yeah, like to go after the mid-distance ultra like, <laughs> i'm thinking you know like an 80k and then it's like they're like yeah no no 200 to 500 miles i'm like oh, all right
1: <laughs> yeah, you extreme that. yeah you described that very well joe I mean, while we were yucking it up going, oh my gosh, you actually had a ring of truth there. Because when you're going for the AT, you can't get hurt. But if you do get a little owl, you can come back, right? Exactly. You can come back. So if you have a mistake, you can come back. And then like you said, on something like Nolan's, which used to be... Very few people ever did it. Now we've gotten the experience and the skill set together so people can do it. And like you say, it's full on, it's all out. It's almost like elbow to elbow now. Yeah. Uh, In the long trail distance, yeah, it's a little bit of both. You can't crash and burn. (laughs) If you crash and burn, you're not coming back. Exactly.
0: And that's what I did on the first attempt, you know, and that was sort of the learning and coming back to it. And my wife and I just moved from Seattle to Boston. And so as we were, moving across country, I've always had the long trail on my radar. And this was finally the year where it was like, yep, you know, it makes, it makes sense to do other than COVID and other than, um, we actually made it up to, I was planning on doing the long trail. And then, um, the day we made it up to New Hampshire to kind of get prepped to do the long trail. Uh, we actually, that was the day the black lives matter movement, uh, was marching in Boston and it was this super weird, you know, uh, odd moment. Uh, I think of like backpacking or through hiking or ultra running as like a very selfish act. And it kind of felt like that a little bit. It was like, well, here I could be in Boston participating in this, you know, my wife and I are in the middle of a cross country move and we're missing out on it. And I'm also running it, you know, trying to run this trail that I've always wanted to do, but it's still a very privileged situation to be in. So it was a super weird kind of surreal moment. Um, that just, it was, it's a crazy year (laughs) is all I can say. Um, but it also was kind of like the right time personally for me to go after the long trail because being in Seattle, I'm not going to go, not going to go out of my way in the next year to, to
1: tackle something like that. Well, Hillary, you probably aren't aware of this, but definitely listen into that previous podcast with Joe, because Joe, you did something dramatic during your long trail attempt. Here you are a ultra light hiker. You're known for this. You even are assistant guide for Andrew Skirko Adventures, but you carried some special stones on the long trail. Did you not? Yeah, I did. So, um,
0: I kind of part of my, uh, I guess part of, part of my moral conscious was sort of thinking about this and, and the trail and ultra community and a lot of different communities, you know, have been grappling with where does this kind of sit within, within privilege. And for me, it was, uh, it was acknowledging that, yeah, our outdoor spaces have been designed to be a comfortable place for people with money and, and white skin. Whereas if you don't fit into those two categories, you know, you might not feel like you belong or you, you might really not feel like you belong. So I carried, um, eight different rocks, you know, George Floyd, um, Trayvon Martin, Ahmaud Arbery, um, and carried them in a little baggie with me. So I, I got, I picked up a bunch of rocks and I wrote their names on in Sharpie. Um, and I carried the rocks with me the entire, the entire way they weighed, if I remember um, about a pound, which was about a little, I think they might've been 12 ounces, which was about um, a 10th of my uh, a 10th to 15% of my base weight in my pack. So um, I tried to have an actual, um, you know, kind of physical burden as well as, as, as a, you know, mental one and acknowledging what uh, other struggles people have gone through and, and continue to go through and will realistically continue to continue to go through.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's, yeah, that's super impressive. I love that. And I mean, was that something that helped you to kind of find the motivation to keep pushing and keep going?
0: Yeah, it was one of those things that, um, you know, there's a lot of different things that motivate you over five days. Um, And, you know, I had those rocks and would take them out, uh, especially on like the third and fourth night, I was kind of like, took them out of my bag and kind of placed them next to me and was like, holy crap, this is so ridiculous and (laughs) and crazy. And, uh, and, you know, I'm not going to I'm going to give this every single uh, moment I've have because this is a, a way where I can honor and, and acknowledge and raise awareness and um, and and kind of, you know, create that community that that deserves to be there and support for the community that deserves to be there.
2: Yeah. So- if, this, if this like I mean, if, if, you know, I hadn't already voted for you for <laughs> yeah <laughs> you like this you know is icing on the cake so
0: <laughs> well the unicing on the cake was the uh was the uh water that i drank at on day 3 oh gosh
1: <laughs> well this is this hillary is another interesting aspect that people should be aware of so joe of course did the entire appalachian trail self supported mm-hmm. and uh you know That means, you know, you're sleeping in a tent. There's no one out there popping your blisters, getting you dressed and giving you food. He carried all his own food with him. Mm -hmm. And so naturally, he was quite capable of doing the long trail self-supported. But as he's about to tell us, he just was really out of water at one point, a little bit thirsty. And so he took water from a hiker. And that, and he self-reported that. So that's, that's some serious integrity, and that's what we see a lot of in this community. People say, oh, do you see a lot of people cheating? You say, no, we don't see people cheating. We see people self-reporting because they want to have integrity and they want to have honesty in the community. So Joe told us that rather than going unsupported, he now become self-supported. So that he, he self-reported this extremely minor difference
0: by two dang, I think they were Danish ladies in the sandwich range. It'll be the death of me. <laughs> Did they
2: give you a sandwich too?
0: They should have, I might, if I'm getting the water, I might as well get the sandwich. No, it was just one of these moments where I was going up up trail and I just hit a, like a really dry stretch and I would gotten a little bit of water and then I was continuing to hit another dry stretch. And as I was going up, I was out of the water that I just resupplied and gotten from a stream. And there are these two hikers and they're like, Oh, like you're running. What are you doing? And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing it. Is there any like water up ahead? Uh, I didn't, I don't see any on, on my map, but I'm kind of unsure. And they're like, Oh no, no, no. There's and like really, and like their European uh, brevity made it very clear that I wasn't going to have water, which wasn't totally true. There wasn't, there wasn't that far away. And so uh, they were like, Oh, well, we'll give you some, we'll give you some, some of ours. And I was like, Oh sure. And then, you know, you kind of connect the dots an hour or two later and realize the mistake you just made. But um, yeah, it was, it was a tough one because I would have loved, I would have loved to be in the unsupported category, but that's what you got to do. Yeah.
1: Well, the voters, one voter wrote basically unsupported, which of course is totally true. Uh, Almost as fast as the supported record and a great story. So we can vote for the great story joe
0: yes it's all, it's all about the story no it's, there's a lot of fun uh a lot of fun adventures and i wish we could talk about them all on this podcast because they you know i could bore you for five days if you wanted me to
1: i think we'll probably hear from you again next year joe
0: <laughs> there may be a there may be a trail out in the southwest that i'm targeting in the next few months but so we can uh we can
1: talk that one over oh, oh it's maybe we not didn't hear a name we heard a there maybe well that's fair enough that's how it that's how it goes nowadays you don't want to give uh, give it away <laughs> congratulations joe
0: thank you buzz
1: okay folks we're getting down to the nitty-gritty and the last two people we're going to talk to went high long and fast and the same route And right now, from Jackson Hole, Wyoming, we have on the phone Kelly Halpin, who is the number one female FKT of the year for her Wind River High Route. Congratulations, Kelly.
4: (laughs) Thank you, guys, so, so, so
2: much. Oh, my gosh. We're so so excited to talk to you about this because, uh, I mean, this is a route that I've known of for a long time. Buzz, I mean, like... didn't you didn't you help like establish this route like
1: (laughs) i named it yes
2: (laughs) Yes, no big deal no big deal but this route is um i mean i know it's super burly the winds are super remote um so yeah kelly do you want to just like tell us tell us about your adventure tell us about the route and what got you interested in it and yeah how you smashed the fkt (laughs)
4: <laughs> um, oh boy. Okay. Where to start? Let's see. Okay. Let me just talk about the route. Cause that's, that's that, okay. That's straightforward. Uh, the route is, uh, 97 or 103 miles, depending on who you ask. I don't know, Buzz, do you know the correct number?
1: Well, you can, it can vary slightly. And okay. so I think 97 to 103 is just right.
4: Okay. Perfect. So, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, 97, roughly a hundred miles. Um, the entire center of the route is mostly off trail. Uh, you're crossing glaciers, scree fields, and lots and lots of very loose mountain passes, uh, creek crossings, um, and I don't know. It's I think it's one of the most beautiful routes uh, in the entire world. But you know, I'm a little biased because it's it's in my backyard more or less. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I don't know. I think. It, it's just beautiful. And I was excited to do it for a couple of years. I did um, an FKT on the other high route variation with my friend, Ryan Burke in 2017. And we were talking about, you know, what that route was like compared to the Skirker variation, which we hadn't, I hadn't done. um, And I didn't know very much about, Um, I assumed in my head it was similar to the Wilson diction variation and it's absolutely not at all similar. (laughs) Um, They're both very beautiful though. Um, but yeah, I had it in the back of my head for a couple of, of years. And then, you know, when, when COVID hit, I was like, okay, like this is the year to do backyard adventures. It's time. Like, and I was really intimidated because I, I knew that I wanted to do it, uh, solo and, and, uh, unsupported. Um, but it was, you know, was still very intimidating. So, uh, yeah, I had that as, as my plan for, for this year. And I took a couple of days to scout the route, um, a couple of different trips um, I did not scout the middle third of the route, so that was still an on-site. Um, and yeah, I guess that that was that that's the, a little bit of the background
1: story. Well, the context here is that you went a day faster than the female-supported time. Until last year, your time would have been the fastest overall time period. <laughs> and I think when this route came in, this FKT came in, I really took note. Because, like you said, you're out of glaciers, you average between ten and 12,000 feet, a lot of it's off trail, a ton of third class, some, a lot of fourth class. Mm-hmm. And you wrote one thing that really caught my eye, Kelly, I did not pack sleeping gear or shelter or a stove. <laughs> uh,
4: yeah, I mean, I knew I wanted to go light and fast, and that was the best way to go light and fast. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, I, I I'm, i I... <laughs> I knew that I, I was going to try to make an attempt to sleep and it didn't work out so well. So I did not sleep. Um, really. I took a 15 minute nap that was incredibly cold and I was shaking on the ground. Uh, and I was like, wow, this is a waste of energy and time. So after laying around for a little bit, trying to sleep, I realized it was a, a pointless um, endeavor. So I, I got up and, and kept moving um, and emergency blankets are kind of warm, but not really
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's also what stood out to me during during the, for this fkt as well is just the style a completely unsupported effort um and to not even have you know like an in case of you know like oh like if i if i need some extra fuel or a rest like i'll bring this just in case you're just like no 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 excuses <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah i honestly didn't know i was gonna be able to stay up that long um and, and in the end including um after I met up with uh, Gabe and Jenny at the trailhead, and they they took care of me in Lander. Um, this is Gabe and Jenny Joy's uh, mm-hmm. local winds people, amazing mm-hmm. athletes, both of them. Uh, they, I actually stayed up uh, for another eight hours after I finished and watched Frozen Two with their little girls.
2: Oh, <laughs> and shout out to Gabe who actually got the FKT uh, on the men's side, um, you yeah. on the Wind River route. So you know, people are just uh, had to squeeze that in there sorry but mm-hmm. yeah Gabe, <laughs> oh. killing
4: it so impressive so impressive
2: but can you tell me a bit about like the the conditions because i think i mean i'm a bit i didn't get familiar with glacier crossing until this year and it can be actually quite dangerous um solo just because of the crevasses and and things like that and you mentioned doing some recon but uh what was the difference in conditions when you were kind of reconning the route to when you actually attempted it
4: Uh, Yeah, so there was a two-week difference between when I scouted the route and when I actually went for the full attempt. Um, I should say when I scouted the northern part of the route, Um, and and the way that I did it was north to south. And I know traditionally people usually do it south to north, Um, but uh, anyway, when I went to go scout it, um, the glaciers were all like covered with with a a nice layer of snow. It was pretty easy to walk on. I only saw a couple of open crevasses, so it was pretty. It seemed pretty mellow. And then when I actually went for the attempt, uh, two weeks later, a lot of the glaciers had that whole like a layer of snow on top of the crevasses had melted off, and so not only were the the crevasses open, um, and I could see them, which. Pros and cons, you know, for that, you know, because you're like, okay, cool. I know not to walk there. But, you know, also there's like all these crevasses everywhere and you're like, oh my gosh, I was on top of all of this stuff like two weeks ago and I had no idea. So that's scary. But um, the 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 glaciers like had melted on top, like especially um, the one beneath Gannett, like was just a giant pool of like slushy ice cold water. And I was walking through it up to like my knees and I couldn't see through the slush. So I didn't know if I was on a crevasse or not. At that point, I was poking around with my, uh, with my trekking poles, like trying to feel like if the ground was solid or not, like, Oh my God, like I could go down right here. But you know, for, for the most part, I know that, um, the grasshopper glacier was where most of the, the crevasses were and not so much the ones below Gannett, but still it was, it was like, it was really spooky, like slushing through the, the slushing through the slush.
1: <laughs> and that's that's really true. I hope the listeners understand glacier travel is you know, it has a risk. If you drop in a crevasse, that could be it. I mean yeah. it, it could be over. That's why you almost always do that with a partner rope together so the other person can haul you the back out. I'll read what a couple what three voters said. Kelly's efforts over notoriously demanding terrain gets my top pick and deep respect. A second person said. Kelly on the Wind River High Route ranks very high. This is a bold outing. Pushing the boundaries and inspiring others gets a lot of points. And the last comment is, I want to be like these women when I grow up.
4: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, I'm bright red. I'm bright red right now. Thank, thank you to to those who said that. That's that's amazing, and 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 the people who voted for me. I I am so honored. I can't. I, I I just want to thank so many so many people, and I'm so stoked and um incredibly flattered to be like just even nominated in the first place, and then listed amongst like these incredible athletes who do these incredible feats. Um, so just a huge huge shout out to to everyone and the other and all the other runners and um, nominees and, and everything, and. Um especially a big shout out to to Gabe and Jenny Joyce who who really like helped me out at the and met me at the trailhead. <laughs> I think it was only the second time in my life I finished a run and had people meet me before so I like <laughs> just broke down just like crying my eyes out cuz I was like so happy like not only to be done because I was a piece of toast, but just to have like this ha- wonderful, happy, like family, just like meet me at the end. I was just like, Oh my God, this is the most amazing thing of my life. <laughs> and we watched Frozen too. And it was amazing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, so can you tell us like, can, I'd like to know why you're so drawn to the style that you chose to complete um, the Wind River High Route in? Um, because I think it's, I think it's one thing to do um a hundred mile effort on supported, but it's another thing to do a hundred mile effort that takes, you know, two days to do. supported. <laughs> so can you just speak to that a little bit?
4: Yeah, um for sure. So <laughs> a, a, a brief, super brief background is that my parents let me like roam around in the wilderness a lot when I was little. So I, I grew up with a lot of basic navigational skills and I've been climbing for almost 30 years. Um, so I have a lot of climbing experience, which has given me confidence to, you know, navigate technical terrain in the mountains. And, you know, even on, even on the higher route, which, you know, goes up to like fourth class in a couple of places. There were a couple of places where I found fifth class to be more advantageous, like getting up some gullies and stuff. So like that does give me some confidence, but um, I was allowed to like be outside a lot, like alone navigating and just only leaning on myself and my own knowledge to get in and out of situations. And, I really do love doing huge, huge efforts only with myself. And in a way it's kind of like you're only competing with yourself. You're not competing against anyone else. It's just you in the wilderness alone, depending on your own knowledge and skill set. And, uh, you know, I, I do have a lot of experience in the mountains. So I, 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 you know, I really want to encourage people to get out into the wilderness, but I also just to slowly build those, like, you know, the knowledge and skills, you know, and, um, just safety wise, you know, (laughs) um,
1: well, let's yeah. just let's just make a quick note there. So, parents, I hope you're listening to that. How best to raise your child? This, your child might came out come out just like Kelly Halpin, but also Kelly, something you just said. You have a lot of skills. You have a lot of experience, and so I think you know we have these FKT of the Year awards, which is really great. We're honoring what inspires us, what moves the needle, but also we don't want we never honor unwarranted risk taking or being dumb or just going all out so to speak you know Mm -hmm. this is this is not like that and i I really appreciate what you said and hopefully everyone heard that that you have developed your skills over decades so when you're up alone and just you know go up a fifth class cliff band instead of a fourth class gully because it's quicker that doesn't mean you're being dumb or just throwing it out there. That means you know how to do that. You've done it before.
4: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I um yeah, I think I think that's important to note because you know, I want I want people to definitely like, you know, build the build their knowledge safely in the in the backcountry, you know, and and also learn how to uh to travel in the wilderness. And this year we saw a big boom in wilderness travel. Um unfortunately, a lot of people didn't know how to properly travel in the wilderness and left a lot of uh Trash, So I think it's, you know, important to note that people who, especially like runners, you know, like trail runners are, are good stewards for the environment. Cause like we can, you know, remind people like, actually you do have to pack out your trash, your human waste, uh, things like that. You know, it's really important to, uh, to respect these, uh, these beautiful pristine places that, that we're in, you know, um, especially, you know, the winds, cause they're one of the few remote pristine places left in the, um, you know, in the United States. So it's very important to, to protect those places, um.
1: What do you think is coming up in 2021 for you, Kelly? <laughs>
4: um I don't I don't know. I mean, I did mention that I I am thinking about running the high route again because I know that I can shave off a lot of time. I had, you know, a few places where navigation um was off. I did I did stop to attempt to sleep. I wasn't able to sleep, but I I wasted some time there, you know. Um I also stopped to go skinny dipping because you know, when you're running on like pretty severe sleep deprivation and ice cold Alpine Lake sounds pretty good <laughs> <laughs> to wake yourself back up.
1: Okay. <laughs> oh,
2: that's amazing. Yeah.
4: These, then, these
1: are great tips, aren't they? <laughs> yeah.
2: You can't, you can't resist it. I feel like it's just like, yeah. Plus, I'm like, oh my out.
4: God, I'm alone <laughs> in the mountains. Like, of course I'm going to jump in this lake. <laughs> And here's the embarrassing thing. I took a selfie of that. <laughs> and unfortunately I lost, I mean, I made, I, I can't say I made a bet, but I, I told a friend if I was in the top five, um, I would post that photo. So that might
2: happen. That might happen. Okay. You right. <laughs> can on Friday for the podcast. featuring. image. <laughs>
1: Wow. Well, you, you know, you know, we're recording this, so I know, you know now on record. So I said it. Be- I said it out loud.
2: <laughs> oh man, hey, Buzz, this is this is one way to you know get more publicity for fastest time. So maybe we're going to see a boom in FKTs next year. <laughs> oh no, no, it's literally
4: not not exactly how intended that to go. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> well, well, Kelly, you you will have to one up Rob Krar and Footy Mike Foot, who just I did. I just out. saw that. Yeah, we just did the uh, Rim-to-Rim-to-Rim Alt, the route that, you know, I also created. And they didn't use wetsuits to swim back and forth across the Colorado River.
2: Oh, no. Yeah, oh, those two man. guys
1: threw down big time on New Year's Day. So, Kelly, I think uh, we, we got something here. Maybe <laughs> I know. Okay, we'll have the FKT of the Year photo contest. <laughs> and we look forward to yours being an, an early entry. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I noted. Yeah, and good man, good for them. That was gnarly and uh yeah, congrats to those two. That's 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 amazing. I lo- I do love the photo. I think it's fantastic.
1: <laughs> well, um, Kelly, yeah. uh, this, this is fabulous and we hope to hear from you again in 2021. And congratulations. This has been a delight.
4: <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. I really I really appreciate it and I appreciate talking to you and uh yeah i hope that we all get to go out and adventure um soon
1: wow hillary that was amazing wasn't it talking to kelly was so much fun uh if if there was a video of kelly i think that would have gone viral on the internet but fortunately we only recorded the audio. what'd you think hillary oh
2: man it was pretty special yeah to announcing her as uh you know, she didn't know that she won the female FKT of the year. And so announcing her, um, she, I think she almost cried. It was quite special.
1: <laughs> well, let's see how Joey Campanelli responds when he finds out right now for the first time that he is the male FKT of the year winner for 2020. Congratulations, Joey.
5: Wow. Thanks. Thanks, Buzz. Uh, it's an honor, especially this year with all the great efforts going on. and. Seem like more FKTs than ever, so I'm super honored, and uh, yeah, thank you.
2: Yeah, so um, what, what, what was this epic route that you did to earn this FKT of the Year, Joey? Uh,
5: I believe it was Nolan's 14. Um, it's this little route in Colorado. Um, it's like 90 miles, 45,000 vert. To, um, I did back in, I think it was early July. It's been a long time. Um and yeah, I just did unsupported and that's that.
2: <laughs> I mean, well, I think there's more than that. Like, sorry, Buzz to to cut in. I think we're both anxious to speak to you because when I saw this FKT, um, my jaw dropped because there has been some incredible times that have been put down on Nolans for for men and women, um, but especially the men. And to go out there unsupported and just blow it out of the water. Um, it was quite, it was, I was just in awe. Um, and so, I mean, and in July, like, I think there's some other people that were out on the route. Nolan's was quite popular, I think for, for, a you know, an FKT attempt this summer. Um, I'm just curious, like how, like, how did you dig so deep? And did you like, did you encounter any darkness out there? Like, was it hard? You just seemed to kind of cruise the whole thing.
5: <laughs> um, well, well, thank you. Um, no, I mean, it was just like one of those magical days where... I, and I think like the whole situation, like I wasn't even planning on no one's. Uh, like the COVID shutdown kind of came into an opportunity to get out there for like a week. And then I got two weeks. I borrowed my friend's hypoxico. I like, you know, I'm sauna cold tub every day like you know training hard and it was like the only it was the relief from stressing about COVID and and working when I didn't want to work uh or wasn't planning on working I should say um and just yeah I think everything came together perfectly and yeah this is one of those magical days I mean I, I say I was in a flow state pretty much from minute 30 to minute uh, hour 41 so yeah, it was it was pretty smooth. I'll that
1: way. Well, that's different. That's very different than what we hear from a lot of people, Joey. But just to add the, put the full context in it, you were nominated for an FKT of the year award last year for your whirl Wasatch yeah. Ultimate Ridge link up. Mm-hmm. And this year, I think you worked on Nolan's 14. But as Hillary mentioned, um, we have Iker Carrera who went under two days. And people going, wow, that's amazing. That's the FKT. Then Alex Nichols took it down one hour. And these are supported trips. And you went five and a half hours under the fastest supported trip. And then you went, uh, what is this? More than that. You went seven, 12 hours under the previous unsupported trip. So, well, Hillary said, Joe you Grant kind had, of.
5: Uh, Joe Grant had. 49 hours, 38 or something. So it was like, I'm eight, sorry. Yeah.
1: In the other direction. That's right. Joe. Grant had a
5: great time yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Thank you for that clarification. So did you practice Nolan's, you just mentioned, which I hadn't heard before that you were in a hypoxia tent to, to yeah. get your altitude training while at home. Um, did, did you practice the line a few times?
5: Um, that was my third attempt on it. I finished it once before. Uh, another time I went like for attempting for a record and I got to, I had, like some hamstring issues and you just like, it's not something I could like massage away while like kind of moving down the trail. Cause you're just like going up street field. So um, I, I fell off Columbia. So like, uh, like 40% of the way. And then, um, I mean, I've been working on it for six, seven years, you know, it's not like, um, you know, I've gone and, most of the route there and done it multiple times off different summits to learn the best way the best route and i think what i always tell people is when you look at nolan's on paper people are like well it should be faster like it's not that you know it's 100 miles like whatever and and then you get there and it's a lot of route finding and off trail well i made it so like in my mind it was the trail like it was you know, I, I knew the route. I didn't look at Gaia. I didn't need to, you know, I, I I didn't feel lost at all ever out there. I was like, this is my line and I'm taking it. So to me, it was like following a white line on a road, if you will.
1: Wow. So you really knew the road. So normally, like you just said, you're going to pull it up on your phone using the Gaia app. And there, that's good because you got previous people's GPX tracks to follow. Mm-hmm. You knew this so well, you weren't even doing that. Right. Wow. Wow. Man, well, the... that's,
2: yeah, that's so impressive. And like, did you what was your favorite moment out there? I mean, was it the process? Because was it the process leading up to actually like achieving the FKT and all you know the compilation of like seven years of hard work? Um, or was it just kind of, you know, moving through huh. like, that white line throughout?
5: I think if I like pick a given moment on the route, I think it was like descending off of Missouri in the middle of the night, there's just like a scree field there. And I mean, you're going like 20 miles an hour, just like sliding down the side of a hill, like under a full moon. And I felt like totally comfortable. Like, yeah, like why, like why would this be scary or weird? Or like, I've done this before. Like, so I had that moment and that was kind of really cool. Um, I think the feeling like, you know, I think I had it like right before I even started. It was just like, I've done everything right up to this point. Everything has come together. Like I had, I don't have a car. So I'm talking about, oh, I might rent a car. And then my, you know, one of the girls I live with came by. I was like, oh, you can borrow my car for two weeks. And, um, you know, I've been skiing with Caroline Glyke for like, uh, just out touring in the middle of winter. And this was like, a no thought about Nolan's. But I was like, yeah, if I ever had to like fly out and do like Nolan's and couldn't, you know, get acclimated that'd be cool to try the hypoxico. And four months later or whatever, I was like, Hey, remember you said I could borrow your hypoxico and like, you know, to, everything came together like perfectly. And I think I just had this feeling ahead of time. Like, you know, if, if everything's in line like this and it doesn't work out then it's not meant to be. So, um, I just knew it was going to work out. <laughs>
1: Wow. Isn't that interesting? Because we have, all stories are inspirational, aren't they? We have the people who do the face plant across the finish line, <laughs> and which is great. You know, that's, that's classic. But then we have Joey here who wrote, I blew my own mind yesterday. This is your quotes, Joey. But it goes to show you, if you study the route and terrain, work on your skills and hone your mountain sense, you can move harmoniously with and through the mountains. Pure flow is how I would describe my run. So it could also go like that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, I was I,
5: I was leaning on the sign at the finish line, but yeah, I mean, uh, it felt pretty good the whole way.
1: <laughs> well, the, the voters felt the same way, Joy. Here's what uh, one person wrote. This is unhinged. So much so that people almost doubted it. Joy even surprised himself. And then someone else wrote, and by the way, of course, this is all voters here. We don't, fastestknowntime.com doesn't decide this at all. Voters do. And another one wrote, he scorched the record and doing that route unsupported, despite its popularity, gets my attention. And so that's, I think, what people were noting, that you uh, have the overall record, you did it unsupported, and very good style.
2: Yeah. And that's something that's always been super impressive for me is just the style. And um, ironically, the men's and the women's FKT of the year, they were both in the same style, the unsupported and um, unsupported thing. So yeah, I think that that says a lot. And also to kind of your quote that you can move harmoniously through the mountains. I think that style of unsupported also facilitates
5: that. Yeah. It- it's very like um, I don't know what you feel comfortable with the unsupported. I think it's just like this more pure your own experience versus like, I mean, it's great to be social and, and what have you. I'm not the most social person, but like being alone and, and going through like a, a whole event like that is to, is um, I don't know, something to cherish, I guess.
1: Well, interestingly enough of the top 11, FKT of the years and there's 11 because we had that three-way tie with fourth for the ladies. Three of them were on the Nolan's line. Again, we don't this, this is not planned in the slightest. It's just how it works out. So, uh that's that's interesting. Maybe next year it'll be a different line entirely. So, what about you, Joy? I think a lot of people might not have heard of you because you're not a real active racer. You've done a few mm-hmm. But boy, you've been out there quite a bit. In case people are, are wondering, they can certainly go on the website, look in the show notes, and see your bio here. But you have an FKT on the Appalachian Trail going in a mm-hmm. particular direction. You had one in the Whirl that you went to Highline. So you're a pretty experienced mountain guy. So where do you see this going next year? I mean, are you going to go further afield? Or are you going to stick close to the Rockies? Oh, I should mention to the listeners, you're based up there in Alta, Utah, above Salt Lake City. So, you're going to stick close to home, or what do you think?
5: <laughs>
1: um, I've learned not
5: to plan too far in advance. You know, um, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying this interview right now. That's what I'm doing right now, and and I have a list. And uh, if you want, I can share the list. Uh, if I can ever get running legs in April, uh, cactus the clouds and or the Arizona trail unsupported or two. Um, wow. That's uh,
1: those are different.
5: Those yeah, are very oh, different. Yeah, for Sure. Yeah. Um, and the Colorado trail, both Colorado trail and Arizona trail unsupported. I think is that like mid long effort that uh, my, my girlfriend tells me that I have a, a little hole. I did the AT and then all the shorter stuff. So I got to find something that's like a week long or something like that. So yeah.
2: Oh man, yeah, mid distance, the Colorado Trail. <laughs> yeah, i mean, heard that. You no, know,
5: somewhere between like four hundred and thousand miles. I think it's like a good mid distance.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, cool.
1: <laughs> well, well, Hillary, I think we are. We're, this podcast is getting a little out of hand, isn't it? We uh, we we've got the four hundred to thousand mile trips of being the middle distance run. Got to up
2: my game, man, you know, (laughs) got (laughs)
1: to
2: remind all the listeners out there too. So,
1: (laughs) right. Well, Joey, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time here. We congratulate you on the Nolan's 14 FKT of the year for the males. And I want to remind everybody it's all about the stories and hopefully you've enjoyed the stories that everyone has told you here and if not, uh, go to the written show notes where you can read what Joey wrote. You can read what Kelly and Sabrina and uh, Joe wrote, and it's it's fun stuff because that's really what we want to hear. We want to hear not really about the number. We want to hear about how they feel about it because that's that's what we're doing. We're just building community by sharing stories. So thank you very much, Joey.
5: Well, thanks for having me on, Buzz, and thanks for, for voting for me and everyone uh, who did. Um, and I just want to say, like, from all of us, I think thank you. Uh, thank you and Peter and Hillary and everyone who is spreading this, this FKT uh, idea. You know, I think it really gave a lot of people sanctuary this year um, with with the race's situation. And honestly, I think people are just learning and growing uh you know you found what was cool and you're trying to explain it to other people like oh yeah pick a line you want and like let me hold your own race there whenever you want however you want like i, I think it's a great uh movement if you want to call it a movement and um you know i i just i guess thanks thank you to you and pete for starting that and uh, really just keeping it going i think people really appreciate it to share. so
1: well, Joy, thanks very much. And Hillary, you've been a fabulous co-host. Well, hopefully you'll stick with the Fastest Known Podcast going into 2021.
2: Oh, yeah. Wouldn't miss it.
1: And next week, here it is. Uh, we're going to go. Hopefully we'll be ready for Fastest Known Time of the Year, Euro. That's right. It's, uh, the nominations list is already underway. The Fastest Known Times in Europe. So hopefully you'll be hearing about those, which a lot of people in America aren't familiar with. But here's a quick heads up, they like to go straight up and they like to come straight down.
2: I can attest to that, yes, looking forward to that too, Buzz. (laughs)